Welcome to another episode of Nah Fam, the podcast. Hey. Hey. So today we're going to start off with something a little bit different based on a conversation that you and I had. Which was? And I'm going to wing this whole thing. Are you winging it? I'm going to totally wing it. Okay. So this is our disclaimer (laughs) for our show here. What's... And that... Wait. And now I'm nervous about your disclaimer. Why? I'm gonna, I was going to be honest about that. Like, Oh. We'll fine tune this. Okay. I'll write it down to make you feel better. But I don't. So we, this we, we podcast. Don't edit, we don't edit a lot. So I just don't want to have to deal with editing. So what this, are you about to say? This podcast is an audio diary mm-hmm. based on our experiences. Yeah. Any opinions or ideas contained herein are ours and ours alone. Yes. And this podcast is not intended to provide professional advice or guidance or in personal. any way, shape, or form. Or personal advice so or guidance. This is for entertainment only. Yeah. And also, sometimes even the thoughts that we express here aren't necessarily our affirmative thoughts of course. and opinions on any given situation. I think that goes without saying, and uh, there's some differences here based on your professional line of work and ethical obligations to what you uh, feel comfortable with and what I feel comfortable with, because yeah. I say, screw it, who cares, this is our deal, and yeah. doesn't yeah. matter. But that's why Def- there's a disclaimer. Definitely, and also the things that we say here are very much off the cuff, so is that a term, off the cuff? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, definitely. It's it, And even some of the things that I say here later, I'm like, oh, well, do I really feel that way about that topic? I don't yeah, know that to, I do. To it's... our detriment, we have listened back to more of these than I care to share. Actually, everyone. Well, we should. You can care to share. Well, you, you actually don't listen back as much as I do. No, I so... know. I've listened to each one at least once. Mm-hmm. And there are definitely times where I've said things that I'm like, uh yeah i was because we're not editing this this is just like you know train of thought things Mm -hmm. that come out and definitely could be uh summarized or said better than yeah what's presented but that doesn't matter yes it's not the point i agree yeah so it's an audio diary and i like that a lot and um yeah so in that vein i I interrupted your introduction did you want to say something more about that not fam okay (laughs) good one Ah, one. finally jim is the not fam so that's the first time you've laughed in 10 years of us being together almost 10 years on this podcast i'm just kidding um yeah so we just got back from a little happy hour yeah from from with our friend and it was a good time so we were so yeah that was, um, I mean, not just happy hour. We went out to dinner, met a friend for dinner. Yeah. Which we've done before. We it started was, this podcast out, past, cool. podcast out exactly with that. <laughs> we just got back from dinner with a friend. But. Yeah, but it was happy hour. So. Shout out to Aberrant Ales, <laughs> okay. who always has outstanding service. Yeah. And. And shout out to our friend who's always great company. Yes. Mike. Mike, Mike. Oh, Okay. All right. Well, you did you get permission for that? I'm sure we'll get a sign <laughs> off on that, a release. <laughs> Anyways, um, it's been like a two whole days since we've recorded, so it feels like ah, just kidding. Does it? Doesn't, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> doesn't feels natural. 
But um, we were walking home and I was like, I feel like we should go ahead. I just, I don't know. I don't even, I just want to record with you. And I said to you, I don't know that I want to record anything that's even postable, but I just wanted to, I was just in the mood to sit with you because it feels good to sit with you. We've talked about that before and just talk about life together with the microphone on because it feels, it feels like a mindful conversation. So anyways, how has your day been? What's been new with you this week? This week, this week feels like it's been a long week. So I'll admit something today that, uh, Mm. this has been a rough week for me. Oh, Um, it has. Yeah. So I actually had an out of town of meeting that, um, (laughs) I've been, uh, yeah, you're laughing already, but, uh, it's been on my calendar for about a month now, um, two nights out of town Mm. and about an hour and a half away. And, uh, so I had it all planned out. Okay. We don't have the kids. You were going to come initially, and then some events came up that you're like, you know what, I think, you know, I'm going to stay home, which we've got the dog, so that worked out well. We do, and I mean, let's be honest, there's some things going on in my life right now that need me to be home. Yeah. It's stressful for me, too. Yeah, so I was like, okay, you know what, you stay home, I'll go and do this, and uh, I had a couple dinners as part of this meeting. I drove there. On Monday night, mm-hmm. I got to the hotel, went to check in, and they said, um, yeah, the con- uh, convention, the, the conference is next week. <laughs> I said, no, there's, it's this week. I've had it in my calendar. Anyway, long story short, of course it wasn't this week. So they said, uh, and- do you still want a room? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, no, I don't want a room. <laughs> you texted me and you were like, I'm so embarrassed i was so embarrassed on so many levels i and i was like why this happens why i I, don't be embarrassed it's okay i was embarrassed for not being organized enough to have my calendar correct i was uh embarrassed that i you know had told all of my colleagues at work i'm gonna be out of the office if you need anything let me know you know text me teams me whatever Mm -hmm. i can step out in this conference Mm -hmm. and uh the whole the whole situation i worked from home on monday because i was going to drive the other direction Mm -hmm. you know and all of that and then it's like then i walk back into the office on tuesday yeah i'm here everybody and yeah i was wrong it's next week and next week i have other things going on so i'm gonna drive up Tuesday morning and come back Tuesday. So you're going to miss much of what you thought you were going to be there for this but, week. But yeah, I think the worst thing is like it was it was Monday that this all came up. So it's like the start of the week. You start your week off with that. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a, it's been a busy week, but I'm just curious about like why you are blaming yourself so much for that. Like mistakes happen. They do and I've I've talked to you about this privately. You or, have refresh my memory. Yeah, I just said I feel like um, you know how sometimes, and this is, you feel like a fraud in some ways, taking on too much, trying to do mm-hmm. too much, making it look to everybody else like you've got your shit together, you know what's going on, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm knocking this out, I'm knocking this out, I've got this going on, I've got this going on, and I've got it all handled. Mm-hmm. And so from that standpoint, that's what was so embarrassing to me was like, I feel like I've been in this place lately where I've been feeling uh, pretty good about myself and some of the things that I've been taking on and getting done and, you know, especially at work. 
And then, uh, and even around here, I feel like the things we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, I'm like, I'm carrying those things out. I'm, I'm like, you know, this is my plan. This is where I'm at with the kids, getting them involved, keep, you know, doing all of these things together. And then hmm. just completely having a situation like this. That's like, oh, fuck. I don't have oh. what I thought I had together. And it feels like everything just, you know, house of cards. You know what I'm thinking right now as you say that is that even as I like as I listen back to the episodes that we talk about and some of the epiphanies or the lessons that you reflect back on, you relate them to work and feeling incompetent or competent as it relates to work. And this is another scenario where you're you are relating some things to work like because to be fair, I don't think this is the first time in your life where you have been like, oh, I don't have it all together. Mm -hmm. But this is something that happened at work. And so it's especially like hitting you. Do you think that that's I think it's or a no? I think it's a combination of all of it. Okay. Yes, that's very true. Because I think at work, I have had my stuff together at work lately mm -hmm. in my Maybe department. Always. Like in your mind, um, at least, like you just, you prioritize yeah. work. I feel like you prioritize I, work. I do, but I think that it, what's different about this is like, I feel like I've been trying to get that right balance. And I feel like my goal this year mm -hmm. is to really have that right balance between home and work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not cutting back on work, but also like I've got people to delegate to and to handle things and everything. Mm -hmm. And so... For me, it's like I'm also doing this thing here at home, mm -hmm. working with the kids, just just mm -hmm. just in that way. Mm -hmm. And it's like when you start the year out saying, "My goal this year is to really focus on being present and doing all of this stuff," and yeah. then literally less than two weeks into the year, you fall on your face. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a wake up call. Well. Do you think that maybe your ability to make a mistake and admit that you make a mistake is actually... A mistake? I would like to make a mistake. I See, I speak so quickly. <laughs> and then what I hear in my head does not come out of my mouth. Thank you for pointing that out. Do you think, because as I, again, re-listen to myself, I'm like, well, that was not a full word. That was not a full <laughs> sentence. That was not a full thought. I've caught the same thing with myself. So do you think... So, yes. Do you think that your the fact that you admitted that you made a mistake is actually part of that process. Like, Oh, I do. Okay. Because I do. I, I'm going to say, I do also want to say this also popped up in my head as you were speaking. It seems to me, like you just said, I feel like I have good people around me and I've learned to delegate and that's, you know, you like to have a lot of control at work maybe. And you've put some faith and trust in that. So it's like, okay. I, these people are delivering. You have surrounded yourself with really good and talented people. Since I've met you, your responsibilities professionally have expanded tremendously. When I met you, it was just a department of one, right? It was you. Uh, pretty close. And I then mean, I yeah. think you, yeah, pretty close. You're right. I think there was a couple. There and had, then yeah, maybe four. At but... that point, you took on one person. Now you've taken on, I don't even know like four and then they've taken on four themselves. So you've expanded tremendously yeah. when it comes to your professional yeah. responsibilities and it does require you to delegate a lot. So, and you have done that very well. You've picked the right people um, and you made a mistake and that's okay. 
Yeah, and this is, I think this is probably the first time, uh, at least professionally, that I've openly admitted that mistake to, like, everybody that I know. Okay. So I haven't been, like, I'm selectively telling two or three people. And everyone's like, yeah, dude, that stuff happens. Like, been there, done that. Yeah. And it was funny because I just, so the meeting that I thought I was going to, I was meeting with that same group on Wednesday of this week as a separate meeting, which I thought was all part of this big thing, which is why I put it on my calendar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Long story short, so I met, and I admitted that I'm like. mistake. Yeah, I'm like, I did this. And I was reminded that one of the other people in this group, which this is. You're not alone. It's a board of directors. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, these are all intelligent people. Mm -hmm. You know, one of them last month went to a meeting that we had, which was up in Traverse City, which is like, you know, three and a half hours away, Mm -hmm. the wrong time. And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. So this stuff does happen. Mm -hmm. We are, this is, this particular meeting is related to, but separate from my primary job. And everyone's like, yeah, and when you're taking on a primary job and you're trying to balance this other thing and fit it into that same schedule, but also a little bit outside, shit happens. It, so Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I can even relate to that. Like my current position is only meetings. Mm-hmm. The previous job I had was not only meetings. I can't tell you how many times. It's, it is embarrassing. I can relate to that. I'm like, oh, my God. I either didn't add this meeting to my calendar or, you know, like I've had to, it's, it is, I get it. It's embarrassing. If it feels like, oh shoot. Yeah. And I, it, for me, the biggest thing was I, I have had this internally like, oh shit, that was on my calendar and I didn't look at my calendar. It's an internal meeting and it's upstairs. We got to go upstairs and like no big deal, but like, oh yeah, Yeah. I got to be up there in five minutes and I didn't think about it. Or someone's like, Hey, you coming up? And it's like, yeah, yeah, it's on my calendar. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I think the reason why this one felt different to me was just because, like I said, I've really felt like the past month I have been busting my ass in a way to -hmm. make sure that everybody that is on my team, they're all functioning on full cylinders, Mm -hmm. you know, on on all cylinders, not full cylinders, all cylinders, things are moving, and then I drop the ball on something, and it just, it does, it just feels like it is a wake-up call to say, I need to slow down a little bit and make sure that, you know, and we're all human. We make mistakes, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like we're, yeah, we're, you're, I'm, I'm and infallible. You are also and, human. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's human. That includes you. Yes, it does, unfortunately. Yes. Okay. So, so you've had that to deal with this week. Yeah, and uh, no, other than that, it's just been a it's been a busy week, but it's been it's been a good week. We've had a pretty good week. How about you? Why don't you? Uh... Yeah, I think we've also had a pretty good week. Knock on wood, because um, I'm superstitious. But um, and it's yeah, Friday the thirteenth. Oh my God, it is Friday the thirteenth. But did you see the thing I sent you today about how I Friday did. the thirteenth is actually supposed to be like good luck day? Yes. And again, knock on. <laughs> yeah i feel like it's like that i feel like it's a cruddy time of year right now you know it's 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 the midwest it's january we are post holiday like let's make the winter season joyful even though it's not and this this has been i don't know how other people are feeling right now but i definitely feel like this winter season is especially terrible yeah that's what i was gonna say next like it's just been very gray yeah. I, I'm, I'm, you know, and I know this happens every season where you just count the days that you see the sun. 
it seems that I'm doing that sooner in the season this year because yes. there's no snow. Yes. You know? No, and I saw that that was posted by uh, whoever it was, the Free Press of Detroit News after last weekend. The Lions mm-hmm, won, and I think mm-hmm. it was Monday, like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, this giant orb in the sky appeared yeah. and we're investing. And it was just, it was such a stupid thing, but at the same time, it's like, it's January, and I usually feel like we get to maybe the beginning of March mm-hmm. when that becomes the joke. Yes. And well, and because we usually, if we have snow on the ground, we have some glow from the sun that yeah. like brings us some light, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Um, we haven't been able to like get out and enjoy the winter weather. I mean, we, I guess we could, but you know, we like last few years, we've enjoyed ice skating. The lake is not frozen at this point. Um, again, there's just, we, there's no sledding options. It snowed over Christmas, which was a, three-day period mm-hmm. it quickly melted which thereafter. was beautiful though it was nice to have and a white christmas christmas day was one of the most beautiful christmas days anyone yeah. could ever possibly yeah. have so i do want to give christmas day credit the shout cre- out to christmas day yes yeah there we go <laughs> yes that was really really pretty um yeah but just looking at the forecast ahead i'm like oh like which you know what maybe potentially when the snow eventually does arrive we will embrace it so much that we won't be so tired of winter by February like we usually are. But currently we're tired of the gray. Yeah, the only, you know how I look at things. And the saving grace this year to having a shitty Christmas. And not Christmas, but, a, you know, a winter season so far. Mm-hmm. This is the first year we haven't bought in ski passes locally in a long time. Yeah. And I'm like... Oh, good. We didn't spend that money on something that we wouldn't use. That that's that that that's where I go. Like, well, if there's one, the silver lining in this is that we didn't spend that money to get those ski passes, and uh, it's just stupid because yeah, it's depressing. Of course, that's where you go. Of course, it is. But yeah, because the last couple of years, I'm kind of over the ski thing, and I'm like, oh, Jim's gonna pressure me to ski today because he doesn't. He wants to get his money's Mm -hmm. worth from the ski passes. The ski passes. So that's nice. Yeah. I feel like I definitely prefer sledding over skiing. I know. You know, um, and I keep getting these ads that pop up on Facebook. Uh, they've done a really good job with them this year with uh, places around Michigan. I don't know who's sponsoring them or where they're popping up, but these, you know, quarter mile, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. what are they called? Toboggan runs and the luge and the, and I'm like, oh, I want to okay. go, I want to go drive over there and go okay. do that. That sounds, yeah. that sounds awesome. Well, yeah, it's probably not pretty, much prettier over there. Yeah. But we did discover, was it two years ago or one year ago, um, a new sledding hill, which is pretty exhilarating for us all, don't you think? Oh, yeah, that's been fun. Yeah. At Kensington. Yeah. Kensington has uh, some great sledding hills. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have the toboggan around there, too, which apparently is only open certain times, even yeah. though we violated that and somebody well, was... Well, ha- yeah, we didn't really get to fully experience it. Plus, they have an ice skating rink that yeah. we didn't really fully experience, which is fine because we have the local lake here, but um, the hill is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And we've been going to a local... Our local park here has a hill, but it does not compare. To no, it, it's like, hey, kids, jump in the back of the car, and we're going to be gone for twenty minutes, half yeah, hour. Which is winter, fun. Which is which is fun. It's fun, fun and free. And a weeknight when it's dark out, and we're like, hey, let's go do this. It is fun, mm-hmm. and it is you know, it's a three minute drive. Yeah. But the Kensington Hills are something else. Yeah, yeah. It definitely just feels like 
for me this winter, there's just been a lot of, there's been a number of external stressors this winter season. And I'm just like, wow, they're really terrible. And okay, um, here's what's the lesson for me here. How am I going to manage these stressors? Yeah, well, you you tend to fall into that place. What I, And I cannot, the name is escaping me right now in the winter when the sun's not shining, that, that state of depression. I'm not mm-hmm. going to call it depression. I think that that's... Well, there's a... There is seasonal a, there's something affective called disorder. Seasonal affective disorder, yeah. Yeah. So I can only imagine for you... Like well, this winter, I don't know. I'm asking you because there's no, been some I other. I don't need special attention for that. I I do know that every winter, just like anybody, but I will vocalize. Yeah. I will say to you, "Winter Anne Marie is here." Um, so I'm, what I'm I get you. home and I I'm on the couch. Like I don't want to think about dinner. Like I don't. Okay. But I'm learning that they're like like I'm more I'm learning that that if you, if you if, I don't know there's a great book called Wintering. Mm-hmm. Great book, love it. That when we sort of like let ourselves just go with the flow of the season, mm-hmm. that that's okay. Like we don't need to perform at summer levels during winter of yeah. months. That's okay. The only reason I brought that up, especially now, was because of some of the other things that you're dealing with. Do you feel like that's compounded or do you actually feel like you, you're separating that out and being like, I'm stressed about this and the seasonal affective disorder is over here and you're not like, it's not like piling on where it's, it's all of that. I don't know. I don't know. Good question. I'm not really sure. And I don't know that I need to know the answer to that. I know that. The fact that you don't know is, is I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Like I'm just like, oh, this is a terrible situation I'm dealing with right now. And I feel terrible about it and it is what it is. So let's go from where we're at. Mm -hmm. Let's live in the present moment. Obviously, I I can't talk about these external stressors because that would be compromising other people. But they've yeah. existed for me. Yeah. No, but I I I have noticed that your energy isn't necessarily different from other years. And with those external stressors, I look at that, and I could in this winter being especially kind of Dullsville out there. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it affects us all, and I haven't seen like a shift a different you know a difference good, versus prior good. years so that's I, a that's a good thing that's a compliment <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, knock on wood. not My that it wouldn't be okay if that was the case no but, i think you know. that yeah no i think that there's a couple things going on i'm called to sort of dealing with my own shit and then then these other people's shit comes up and then it's like okay well because i'm working on myself i can go ahead and handle this other situation accordingly um yeah absolutely I think that 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 plays into it. And, oh, I think that's a a thought came up, but now it escaped me. So never mind. Maybe it will come back. Okay. Okay. But, yeah, so here we are trying to get through January. Um, January. I was, oh, my God, (laughs) synchronicity. I was just going to say, Jim, will you please talk to the listeners about another way to say January and you just I did, did it. that's not my way of saying it I will I can't take credit I for love that it. January I'm gonna I actually had a thought I actually had this thought earlier it just popped in my head how you imitate my dad saying that word <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so the only thing I can do a great, so, because you say a lot of words 
differently. Well, and you and I make yeah. fun of you for them, yeah. and Christopher makes fun of you for them, mm-hmm. and it cracks us up. And I'm always like, "Are you a direct incarnate from somebody in a different geographical location mm-hmm. from a few decades behind?" Because you say some words, and I'm like. Why are you saying it so that way? So in other way? words, you're saying I put the wrong emphasis on, I put the <laughs> emphasis on the wrong syllable. Yes. And I am related to somebody that does the same thing. Uh-huh. And my brothers and I and my mom spent a lot of time I love him for that making fun of this yeah. person for doing such. It's been a lifelong thing. It's cute. It's funny. Okay. It's your dad. Yeah. You I already, already said it, it was, I already I said it was my dad. <laughs> but it's funny because you don't make, you tend not to pick up on those idiosyncrasies of people. And the first time we, um, okay, so I'm going to like, I'm sorry, I'm going to go down a trail here, but like, mm-hmm. we need to do this again, actually. We brought home, I asked you to access a VHS player. Yes. Which you were able to do. Yes few years this was years maybe 2016 we were in our old house and i said i have all these great vhs tapes from my family i want to watch them you did the same thing we watched each other's vhs tapes growing up and you heard my dad and all of a sudden you started i think you spit your drink out laughing all of a sudden you were like january (laughs) (laughs) and i just appreciated it so much because my dad says january january very very powerful just like he says, Sunday paper, Sunday paper, Sunday. He'll 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 speak completely. The everything will sound just like the things that we're saying. And all of a sudden, it's January. Like it's not just January. It's you know he'll say September, December, January. <laughs> it's the Monday paper. It's the Tuesday paper. It's the Sunday paper. Like it's this whole thing. And my brothers and I just laugh every time. And his parents would say the same thing. So it's just like this whole familial thing that we mm-hmm. do out of love. And you have many of the same things. So it cracks me up. And Christopher and I love, like, every time you say something, we're like, what? What? Like, what? And then we'll, like, repeat the way you said it. You don't say it in a fun way, though. It's not fun at that point. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. It's not fun for me. Can you tell us? Well, I'm. tell me, not us. Tell me. Do you know? Do you want me to talk about paper towel? Do you want me to talk about paper towel. bagels? Do you want me to talk ba- about... No, say bagel again. Las Vegas? <laughs> say bagel again. Bagel. <laughs> Christopher is always like, bagel? I said bagel. You mean bagel? Bagel. And you're always like, paper towel. And I'm like, paper towel? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it's two words, not one. <laughs> we have such... So that's where we we're at. <laughs> It's funny. It's really funny. Uh, it's hilarious. It is funny. So it was really cute. The talk about synchronicity, the fact that you just said that just mm-hmm. now. So yeah, here we are trying to get through January. Actually, my brothers do it so much better. They do. I, I so don't do it. I don't do it justice at all. Every time they do it, we crack up. Even I, my dad laughs. I actually feel bad for doing it because it's like, <laughs> I don't feel like that's my place to do it, but it's still hilar- hilarious. So, I but love I just that don't you do it pointed it out because you're so like not that type of person and yeah. I so am that If I can deflect person. off of myself, of course I'm that person. No. Really? Well, anyways, well, to a point. doesn't matter. To a point. We don't, I mean, I the point dad, was, so. the point was, is that you heard that and you were like, what? <laughs> it is, and you it immediately is, it started is, echoing it. You can't, you cannot, uh, not hear it. That's, that's just the way it is. It's, it's very much like, oh, okay. <laughs> what else? Are there other words that you say? 
Oh my god, I think there's a So we have I bagel, we have things. say Las Vegas. Bagel, Las Vegas. You say bagel. You say what what do you say? Las about? Vegas. Vegas. You mm. say Vegas instead of Vegas. Yeah. Um what's another one that I really debate you on that we've actually heard an armchair expert where Dax says the same thing and he's also from the same region that you're from in Michigan. What's that? And everybody calls him out on it. Theater. Oh, theater. <laughs> Theater. I, I every time I say that word, I have to think about it and go, theater, theater. Uh-huh. At least I don't say Philadelphia. Who says that? Dax. Oh, okay. But yeah, you say theater every single time, and I'm like, first of all, I, I think where I'm from, the the region has converted that. Yeah, to we're like, we're not that far apart. Let's be clear here. I mean, we're you know I, 45 minutes apart. Thank you. At most. Thank you, sir. But we say I will say theater. Well, first of all, I was. I think. Okay, let me let me slow this down. I think that I would say theater. Theater is what we would say where I grew up. Theater, but then you were like theater. I'm like, if anything, it's theater. It's we're gonna go to the movie theater, theater. So I will give you the extra syllable. But you're like the theater. Like, <laughs> let's make it special. I'm like, what? Like we're from the same area. Why are you saying it that way? That's. I don't know. I don't and then get you it. got in my head, and as soon as you called me out for it, then it was like I think almost more pronounced because yes. But did you then do you remember that we heard Dax and Monica debating it on their podcast? She was like, everybody makes fun of you for that. And he's yeah. like, well, that's how you say it where I'm from. And she's like, I know. no, it's theater. And he and grew th- up like a twenty minutes from me. Yeah, I mean, that's but I still but it's weird. I want to be that regional. I feel like I survey other people around here, and they're like, no, it's theater. Yeah. And again, where I was from, we just made it theater and i feel like monica was saying the same thing so then dax was like well no there's another syllable there and i wanted to like oh that's where i wish that podcast had like a phone line could i where i could be like no monica it's theater you're actually saying theater that's Mm -hmm. fair but it's not theater yes (laughs) yes yes so off topic and you know i highly suggest if anybody's actually listening to this Mm -hmm. armchair expert is a amazing podcast oh i love it it. i love it but i was listening to my favorite podcast today uh Mm -hmm. with sue johnson susan johnson susan johnson who's my hero okay yes she's your hero she is a mental health professional she is the founder and creator of emotion focused couples therapy who got started by basically being like this isn't how you do this and just Mm -hmm. figuring shit out and learning it her claim to learning it she has does not have education in psychology yes she has a doctorate in education but she's from she's english so it's it you can apparently practice that i don't i I guess i don't know but apparently you can practice this without with that degree however she yeah she grew up in a bar and she she watched people having raw experiences every single day and she yeah. saw her dad, her how dad you was just the, i think the owner and how yeah. he dealt with people and talked to people and pulled yes. them in the back room and had conversations yes wasn't my point she of my watched story the emotional but, dance between people yeah. and she saw how people's nervous systems co-regulate or not co-regulate so she quoted lyrics from a janis joplin song and attributed them to a different song i don't remember who it was oh okay and i was like that's not the right fucking song. Oh, really? And I was glad in the fact check they actually covered that and they corrected the oh, song and what the lyrics were from the other song and what the lyrics were. I was like, uh, okay, because that's a I, Bobby McGee was the song that she actually <gasps> was talking my about. Jam. What was but, the lyrics? See, I did not listen to the podcast, um, so fill me in. Just uh, oh, God damn, I, I can't, I can't. I'd have to look and see what it was because you caught me off guard here. Okay, um, but it was another popular song that. 
the other what she was quoting was from what you know what she was quoting was Bobby McGee, but she attributed it to somebody else, not the oh, Eagles, but somebody else. But okay, I was like, okay, that's not their that those aren't the, the lyrics anyway. That's so funny. I was actually glad in the fact check because a lot of times in the fact check they don't actually fact check a lot of stuff yeah. anymore. They just kind of like talk. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, good, they caught that one and corrected it. Well, so, I, but my point um, to that is, you're talking about the phone in thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, I want to be on like their Instagram and be like, yeah. that was the wrong. For some, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Nobody cares, but yeah. just because. Mm, but it does. Yeah. Well, shout out to Amy for Bobby McGee because that was our jam. We used to oh. scream sing that song. Holla, in Amy. High school. There you go. I had to think of it. across the streets of Holt and South Lansing. Okay. It's a great song. We have that that album. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. a really good song. So, um, well, gosh, what else? We are just rambling on. I know. So. I'm a rambling man. Yeah. 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 What else do you have in common with my dad? (laughs) Oh, boy. You know what's funny is I actually... Your dad's pretty quiet. He goes and he's got a study and he's got his little TV in there mm-hmm. or computer set up with the TV. Yeah. And so a lot of times he'll just go in there for his own. He likes to be, he's an introvert. Yeah. Likes to be in his own space. Mm-hmm. And since I met you later in life, I don't have the balls to like go in there and hang out and try to have a conversation with him. Okay. So well, nobody does. You're not alone. Your there. brothers will. Well, of course, they're his children. I know that, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I, there's times I'm like, I should go in there and, like, check in with him, but he doesn't want that either. No. And that so. The whole conversation about nervous system management? Yeah. Nah. So I actually <laughs> don't know as much as I would like to know about your dad. However, we were over there, I don't remember, maybe four years ago for Christmas, and I think it was Christmas, maybe I'm wrong on that, but mm-hmm. um, your brother, Tim, and his wife were up. And they pulled up the slide projector yeah. in the slides. Yeah. And you guys were actually, you especially were making fun of your dad for like taking pictures of all the shit that nobody cares about. Oh, my, like 500 pictures of the same thing. And that, what that told me was him and I have a lot more in common. You do. Than probably we would you ever do. be able to actually talk about and verbalize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's the surroundings mm-hmm. and just what we pick up on. I do think we have a lot of, uh, similarities in that way. A hundred percent. Like well, I've been saying this since the day I met you. It's like that's why you married me. I'm like I married dad. my father. I think that you're a lot like your mom, and I think your mm-hmm. mom is a lot like my dad. Mm-hmm. That just that's just my opinion. Take it for what it is. But yeah. like, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think that's funny. You're so much like my dad. But um, yeah, I think it was even when you proposed to me, and you were, I was like. I have to ask you a question. Did you like, because you were so hell-bent on me and traditional, like, I was like, did you mm-hmm. ask my dad for permission? You're like, I did. I'm like, are you? No, I, I can't. I'm like, you? <laughs> That's like my dad asking you permission. Like, that, to me, those two personalities hey, uh, coming together. I'm and in like, love with your daughter. I'd like to marry your daughter. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I don't think it's what he said, but yeah, and I also don't think that's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't far from it, though. I to can me, tell you that. It's the cutest thing ever. That's so cute. Um, yeah, my dad's my buddy. Yeah, he's my he's my. I mean, I'm. It's the thing is, is like I'm also I'm I'm a good mix of both of my parents. I'm so much like my mom, in a ton of ways, and 
like him too. I think that the ways that I'm like my mom are obvious, so maybe yes. I talk about them less. I was just going to say that is the biggest difference or that's the biggest thing about you is you are so much like your dad in so many ways and yet because those ways are so subtle in they're, the introverted part of the you, quiet parts. they're the quiet parts of you, they yeah. don't stand out. They're there in like full force and I see it every day. But yeah, outwardly, you're definitely more like your mom. Yeah. Christopher will say all the time, like, he, it's so funny because I hate to break it to him, but he's so much like me, you know, so he'll like rip mm-hmm. on me and it's like, oh, well, I hear myself coming out of your mouth ripping on me right now. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh He's he's even he's like yeah you're definitely a mix of grandma and grandpa, he's like, it's 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 it is, and it's true it's really true and he is too, mm-hmm. you know it's so funny because I always say I'm like, I feel like I'm raising my dad with him in so many ways and then with Katie I feel like I'm raising my mom like that's like the mm-hmm. the personas yeah but then like inside too and of course they come from yeah. their dad as well but i tend to focus on these things that i'm familiar with you know yep so yeah but yeah my dad is um very quiet likes to keep to himself mm-hmm. and he he is i feel like i'm gonna just speak off the cuff here so but this is just my opinion maybe he's so much like you because i almost feel like he even his parents, like, his dad was a lot like your dad and his mom was, like, a lot like your mom in a lot of ways. Not every way, but in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Um, but he's such a unique individual. and Well, thank you. Nobody knows it. I mean, okay, people know it. People know it. But um, not that many people know it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, because he's quiet. And he's so quiet. they don't see that they just oh he's quiet and so it's you know i understand that you know and he was an only child so Mm -hmm. growing up with two sisters i just i'd be curious to know that how he would be if he had two sisters probably much of the same you know what i mean because (laughs) there's a there's a dynamic there that Mm -hmm. is in play that's going to rub off on you and versus if i was an only child i i can only imagine how i would probably be (laughs) very much like him you know yeah yeah well maybe we should talk a little bit about like how we relate to our parents i guess it's a little bit of a sticky subject because you know like i have my version of my dad and my version of myself my dad's version of himself is going to be different and other people's versions Mm -hmm. of my dad is going to be different so i guess i want to be careful about that same with my mom i definitely want to sit down with them I, i guess i really need to sit down with them and present to them like hey can i interview view you like we have have this equipment out not for posting that's uh, one of my brothers had reached out to me recently and he's like i think that would be a good idea and you know not for broadcast but just to do that and i'm like yeah and we i guess i probably need to not put it off too i need to like yeah we all probably need to reach out and do those things um but yeah i just feel like he fascinates he's always fascinated me i think maybe because i felt like i have related to him on a very deep level like Mm -hmm. i feel like on i feel like again my persona is i very much relate to my mom and the older i get even insides of me relate to my mom more 
mm-hmm. um, for sure. And I have growing such a great appreciation for her and my dad. And even like, I think about my grandparents and I'm like really feeling drawn to both my mom's mom and my dad's mom at this point in my life. I think I spent a lot of my life feeling very connected to my dad's mom and not realizing that like I actually have a very strong connection to my mom's mom too. So I'm really been kind of thinking about that more lately too. Those are two women I think that really fascinate me that they were strong women with very deep, um, very deep and complicated souls that grew up in worlds where they were maybe not allowed to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one, I think, spent time in dealing with mental health and one spent time dealing with other issues. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just thinking off the cuff here. <laughs> but Obviously. Will, let me start with, let me, I just want to be careful about what I say because I have to no, I get it. think of I get other it. people. But my dad's mom. She's no longer with us. And I will say that I, she, okay, so she, my dad was an only child. Mm-hmm. And he, she, that what I was always told about her is that she really just wanted to be a mother. That was the most important thing to her ever. And she tried for a very long time to have my dad. And she, I, I believe, she, I was told she miscarried even before my dad. And then she finally had my dad. And then I'm, there's mixed stories about this. I get my dad's version who doesn't have a lot of history here and then before my grandpa died I tried to get his story too because I finally realized like I need to get this stuff written down um he didn't have a really he had a different version but I was always told that she you know there was different terminology for this back then my dad was born in 1942 but I was told that she had a nervous breakdown shortly after his birth and back then they hospitalized you for a very long time. So she was, they, my dad was born in Owasso, Michigan, and she was shipped over to Pontiac to a psychiatric inpatient hospital over there. And she, I was told lived there for nine months. So for Which nine months of my dad's life, he was yeah, separated from insane. his mother. And that's the insane part. That is so sad. It's so sad that that's yeah. how we handled mental health back then. And my dad was taken care of by her mother. Because his dad had to work. And they Mm -hmm. all lived very close by. They all lived in, like, much of my ancestors settled the town of Owasso. And they had property close together. So they were very nearby one another. Um, But, I, you know, what we know now about attachment and all of that, you know, that probably had an impact on everybody and my dad and her. And um, when I, when my grandpa had before he had passed, you know, he lived to be 96. And probably the last year of his life, I really started to pick his brain. And he's 96. So, you know, how much does he remember? But he was telling me that, like, he told me a different story. He said, well, not a different story. He said, yeah, she started getting really worried about him. She started she started being really worried that he was going to choke on a hot dog. Or maybe he had a hot dog and he almost choked on it. But it just it just sent her to next level of nervous. And she had to be sent away to this hospital. But that was when he was a baby, right? That That's she was... where I'm confused. So the hot dog. Because <laughs> my dad has always told me it happened shortly after his birth. Yeah, okay. When my grandpa tells me the story, I'm like, well, how old do you have to be to eat a hot dog? Was it just a thought she had? So I'm not really clear. But my point. Which very well could be like this this overwhelming fear that just won't go away. Yeah. 
but it was related to her child and her love mm-hmm. for her child and her fear of losing her child. And so she was, and he was like, we would go visit her on the weekends. The doctor told her she can't have any more babies because this is, you You have this now, it's never going to go away. So I just can't imagine what that did to her, somebody that just only ever wanted to be a mother her whole life. Which is crazy because I don't think in today's world, no, a doctor's going to say, oh, you can't do this again because right. this is what happened this time. Right. Because we all know postpartum issues and everything else like that's right. not how that works right. necessarily. That's, you know, I mentioned in another episode about my anxiety stuff and how it had existed in my extended family and how they lived in a time where it was more stigmatized. I think it wasn't like normalized, mm-hmm. you know, like it's OK. Like, of course. This is how we're going to handle it. It was like, this is what's wrong with you. This is what you have to do for the rest of your yeah. life. So I think that that really, you know, you relate. You you have your you have your issues, and then you have your your relationship with your issues. So I think her relationship with her issues, you know, it's just it to me, it's just oh, it's really sad. So how scary is that? Yeah. I mean, we I, we can't even fathom I, yeah. what that's like to be yeah. told this is how we solve this, and this is the only way is for you basically to go away. And can you? I mean, I can't even fathom what that's like to be told because that's your relationship with that issue is then almost overshadows probably in a lot of cases back then what the issue actually was. Absolutely. Cause I think it also, you have, you feel like you have less agency over yourself when you yeah. already feel like you've lost agency over yourself. And then somebody says, yes, by the way, you have no agency over yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine what that does to somebody. So, to me, she's just such a tremendously strong person because she did come home eventually and she did raise her child. And oh my God, I do yeah. know that my dad was her world. Like, that's evident. Like, that's what I know. And um, I just relate to her so hard. And I've always related to her so hard. So when I came along, I became... Like I have four older brother, three older brothers. There's four of us. <laughs> my subjective experience is that I got more attention from her than my brothers did because yeah, there bet. was always this. I was always told that she always wanted a little girl, and she could never have a little girl. So I was the little girl, and I didn't even see my grandparents that often. Like maybe once a month, like tops. But when I did see them, I was given more gifts as I recall, that my brothers were given. And my brothers naturally were like, oh, of course, Amory's getting da 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 Well, yeah, the little sister so, and yeah, that. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. So nobody's to blame here. Compounds. But I remember feeling uncomfortable with the extra attention. And I remember verbal, I could be, this could not even be an actual memory, but I remember telling my mom, I don't like that I'm getting this stuff. It makes me uncomfortable. And I think... I don't know, but maybe that was conveyed to my grandma. And so like later on, I'm like, as an adult, I'm like, I feel terrible about that because I think that I was, there was this thing, you know, that like, oh no, like this is my granddaughter and I want to have this with her. And now I, now she's saying, yeah, I don't even know, but this is just what I, some of the things that have come up for me over the years. So here we are on this podcast talking about podcast. (laughs) Here we are on this podcast talking about my relationship with my grandma, but that's okay. Um, So anyways, um, 
that went on. She sort of, I think, I, re- I think, I feel like that retreated. So it wasn't like when we saw each other, I got a gift and other people didn't. I think it was even after that. Mm-hmm. Like maybe nobody got a gift. Um, but there was still always a special bond. And so also throughout my life, a couple of times, maybe it was just one time, but I remember my grandma's mental health being a thing. And I remember that she was hospitalized maybe more than once. I definitely remember one time where she was hospitalized. So this is when you were born and this is when obviously she was older then. Yeah. Okay. So there, my dad, you know, my dad, they had my dad when she, I think she was like, you know, for the time she was like in her late twenties when she had my dad and then my dad had me, he was in his late thirties cause I'm the youngest child. Yep. So to me, my grandparents were always very old. Yeah. Um, but she had been, I do know, remember her being hospitalized at one time and I could have the details of this inaccurate, but I do, I feel like she was sent to Ann Arbor for psychiatric hospitalization, geriatric psychiatric hospitalization at this point. And right or wrong, <laughs> remember my dad taking the whole family to visit her and feeling like holy shit like I remember being in this like room and like all of these people walking around and they did not seem to be alert and oriented like adults adults Mm -hmm. adults in society (laughs) walking differently slurring screaming saying things (laughs) just being like ah and I just remember like my grandma sitting there in the lounge, the family lounge, just, you know, yeah, so my dad like, oh, you know, we're just trying to pretend that nothing around us mm-hmm. is happening that's happening. Um, anyways, she ended up, you know, she came home. And I also, I feel like I remember, I don't know if we visited her after that, but I do remember a visit with her where we were walking outside her for her house and she was like, just taking a walk and she was like, Oh, walks are good for me. You know, the doctor says walks are good for me. And I just remember reflecting back on this later, like what they may or may not have must have told her what was good for her mental health. I, I remember at times my grandpa just like saying things like, why is she so nervous? Like what's wrong with her? What do we got to do to fix the nerves? You know, just the, and she just being like, you're just, you just harp on me. Welcome just stop to our relationship harping on 20 years me. From you now. just stopped harping on me. Anyways, I just I, I I just savor these memories now. But my grandma, she also had physical issues as she got older. And anytime she had a physical issue, I feel like I was her first thought. Maybe I'm narcissistic, but I guess I haven't even asked my dad about this. Oh come on! But That's every time he would, she would be hospitalized for something. She would say, "Give Anne Marie this." She would never say anything, not that I know of anything about my brothers but she always wanted to make sure that some heirloom was passed down to me like she would say she called my dad donnie like i feel like she'd be like donnie make sure amory has this necklace amory has this thing or this stuffed animal or whatever it was she was always concerned about passing something on to me well if your brothers were anything like me that is completely understandable yeah i mean i with my sisters and my grandma and stuff like i love my grandma grandmas to death but 
I, I didn't have that. Like there well, was, there was, no, there was. This that. is what's interesting is I didn't either. Like we honestly did not see my grandparents that often. It was just okay. like she, there was this draw that she. It's just yes. like it's almost like she had like this thing where she was like, I have this connection to my granddaughter, and this needs to happen. You have this energy about you though that you put out, and I can totally see you with your grandparents. You have this, whether it's a nostalgia or you're or wrong. What, you're wrong. Okay. I, I, this I didn't is, know you back then. I'll so I'll tell I can't. you even more. Like one time I had to stay the night over there when I was in kindergarten. And okay. All my friends well, used kindergarten. to kindergarten. That doesn't count. Go ahead. First grade. I don't know. Let me. I'm, I'm talking too much. We don't need to post this. But this is actually this is an interesting conversation. I remember that my mom and my dad took my brothers to a Tigers game and it was going to not end until midnight. And for some reason, they had decided that I shouldn't go because they wouldn't get home until 1 a.m. And so they decided that it would be a good opportunity for me to go stay at my grandparents' house. And then the idea of that made me very excited because my neighbor friends used to stay at their grandparents all the time and be showered with gifts and all of these things. But then there was an other part of me that was like, I'm afraid to leave my parents. Okay. We talked about my childhood anxiety, but it happened. I was like, yay, I'm excited. We packed the clothes. We drove over there. My memory of that is crying in my mom's lap for two hours. Please don't leave me here. Please don't leave me here. And also feeling very guilty because I saw my grandmother's heartbreak because she was very excited to have me there. But I was terrified to be separated from my parents. They left. Grandma took me shopping. We had our girls' day. That's a whole other thing that was so cute, and I love that I have that memory. I feel very fortunate for that. She introduced me to curlers. She put curlers in my hair that night. Like, after that, I made sure my mom bought me curlers, like, all these things. Um, So, but, so that's my point, is like, no, there wasn't actually. It was like she, so I can't explain it, but it wasn't even like I had a special relationship with her. It was like she... It's like she it's like she knew that I needed her. So it's almost like she was like I see myself in that girl and mm-hmm. I need her. I need to connect with that girl. Yeah. Like I could be wrong about this but this is my relationship That's your in hindsight with, with her. It. So yeah. So anyways, anytime she was hospitalized it was always about me and giving me things, okay? She gave and, and I was I I got to get to the point where I was like, "Okay, sorry brothers. This sucks to be you, but I me and grandma are a thing, okay?" But it still never saw her personally much. It was like mm-hmm. just this thing that where it was like, give her Anne Marie this, you know, and I took it. But I wouldn't have a personal relationship with her. When she finally did die, I was a senior in high school and she had actually been hospitalized. I got a call. My dad had told me that she had like had a heart attack or something in Owasso and Owasso needed to transfer her to Lansing. So they did. And she was going to get a procedure. And I was and I was a senior in high school. I was doing my own thing, hanging out with my girlfriends smoking cigarettes, going on car rides, you know, doing teenage things. And I remember dropping my friend Amy off at her house that night and I'm driving home and saying, I need to go see my grandma tonight. As soon as I get home, I'm going to ask my dad to go visit my grandma in the hospital because it seemed like every time, this is what I would hear, every time she got hospitalized, it was like, where's Anne Marie? Like, again, Obviously, I just I wasn't Benj or Tim or Michael, so I didn't hear where is Benj, Tim or Michael. I just heard the message of where is Anne Marie. So I felt like she was calling for me. Maybe she was calling for all of us. I don't know, but that's mm-hmm. that's what the experience at the time was. So I drove home and I walk in the kitchen, and my mom and dad are standing in the kitchen, and I walk right in, and they were like, "We have something to tell you." And I was like, "What?" And they said, "Grandma just Grandma died tonight," and I just absolutely fucking lost it i was like no i was just gonna tell you that i wanted to go see her because i felt like she needed me you know and so 
cried it out, whatever. My dad actually had to leave then and go drive to Owasso and tell his dad that his wife just died. And the whole thing was just so sad. Um, she was such a special lady, like really, like I feel her in my soul. I really do. I always have and I still do. I know you do. My relationship, I think about her role as a mother and her concern for her children and so much of it. I feel like her relationship with her son is much of my relationship with my son. Mm -hmm. Like I just, there's so many things about that. Yeah, I can, I can see that. And, um, it's funny because a few years after she died, now this is going to get woohoo. This is going to get weird, but I'm just going to tell, share this story. Um, not woohoo. Is it woohoo or woo woo? A few years after she died. So, anyways, like a few years later, as I was like going through where I really hit a wall, where I was like, oh shit, my anxiety hit that existential situation where I was like, am I going crazy? Is this hitting me now? Because what I'm not sharing here is that my grandmother also came from a family riddled with mental health issues hospitalizations suicides drug addiction all 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 sorts of things and so i never knew what her diagnosis was i was never told what it was i was told that there was bipolar disorder in her family i still don't really know what she had it, honestly when when people tell me her story i'm like no, she was fucking anxious as fuck. Well, I was like, going to say, would that, even, would that even do any good <laughs> in today's day and age to say this is what they said back then? You so, know? It, exactly. And I'm, I have my own opinion about diagnoses yeah. at this point. But when I hear about what she struggled with, I think she was a very anxious person that was very fearful of things. Yeah. So um, anyways. Sounds very familiar to me. Yeah. So anyways when I was going through those things, I was really kind of drawing from her. And like, even though she wasn't alive anymore, I was like, well, shit, she moved on with her life. She like, she was able to live through, like she figured it out. I can figure it out too. You know, mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time like praying to her. I actually, I actually turned to Catholicism again because, well, I actually, I ended up taking every religious studies course I could at Michigan State University. I studied African religions. I studied Buddhism. I studied Hinduism. I studied history of Christianity. I, I studied things about religion, like what makes people religious. And I was just like, oh, I need, I, I, this is something. My grandma was a huge Catholic. She used to say to me all the time, whatever you do, just be a good Catholic girl. And I was like, well, I don't know if I can be a Catholic girl. <laughs> but I was drawn to the spir to spirituality in my life. Like I was like, I, I, this is something I need in my life right now. I need a greater purpose and a greater meaning, and I need this at that time. So I ended up, after studying all these religions and taking all these religious studies courses, which when literally meant so much to me, I was like, I didn't ever get four points. I was four-pointing those classes, and I couldn't get enough of them. I was like, I, I think I'm having, I'm struggling to pick a, f a religion here because I see the value in all of them. And so I think I'm just going to go what I was born into, what my tribe was born into. Like Catholicism was important to them. I'm going to go and then maybe I can seek this through Catholicism. So I returned to the Catholic church and I went through this whole thing and it was this huge, 
hugely important factor in in my healing as a as a person and just like it wasn't even religious it was truly spiritual mm-hmm. so anyways um that got me through that period in my life but i i still draw on this one experience which is my woo woo experience <laughs> one night i was an adult graduated from college i think it was before i was a parent i'm still trying to remember if i was christopher or not but i was living in my condo in Howell and married to the, my first husband. And I remember laying in bed one night and having this dream. First of all, I dreamt about her all the time. I would have dreams about her all the time. And they were great because it would be dreams of like, oh, grandma, you're back. And she's like, yeah, I know I'm supposed to be dead, but I just came to say hi. You know, it was like this whole thing. I'm like, well, this is probably a dream. And she's like, yeah, it's probably a dream. So it was like this whole thing, you know, and it probably was that, but it still felt good. Wake up like, oh, that felt really good. But this other dream was different. Like I had a dream where she like came, was sitting like it wasn't even her. It was a spiritual being. <laughs> it was like half of her body. And she was like illuminated in white light. And she's like next to my bed. And like in this dream, I like, you know, floated over to her. And she was just sitting. She was just there. And she hugged me. And I hugged her. And But it was like this experience where it was ultra, uh, what do you call that? Like vivid. Like all the senses were heightened. Like I felt everything about her. I felt her skin on my skin. Like in a real way that you just don't feel normal people's skin. I felt her enveloping me in a way. And it was this message of like, I love you. You are love. You are everything. You are everything that's right. I have you. I see you. No matter what, everything will always be okay. I it was, I mean, it almost feels like what people describe when they go like on like a psilocybin like situation where they describe this like ultimate love. Mm-hmm. And I walked away, I just woke up and I was like, huh, I guess it doesn't really matter if that was real or not. The feeling is there. It's and the feeling, yeah, who cares? That I mean, was it's... so many years ago and there's been times where I've forgotten about it and then there's times where it's been brought up again and I'm like, oh yeah, like I can bring up that energy anytime I want to, anytime I'm doubting myself or feeling down on myself or scared or whatever. I can bring up that experience and just have this feeling of like everything is okay. So yeah, I still have this like connection to her. Like, and I, I feel like my dad is a lot like her. And then I feel like the parts of my dad that I'm like, like it's like this thing. And then like, it's just this connection. Whereas in with my mom, I have this similar connection in a different way mm-hmm. through her mom. Um, so it's just really interesting, you know, like I just, I'm really, I just have been really pondering like these things a lot lately, like thinking about our, our bloodlines and, or just our family lineage and like how we are in some ways we can draw from their strengths. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As we struggle through our own life challenges yeah well i think you do in general you do that very well with the way you channel energy and the way that you that thread 
still connects. You know what I mean? Like there's still that connection and you can bring back that memory as if it's a current experience and a current feeling and current energy. Mm-hmm. That's different than saying, I remember this person and I remember this about them, mm. which is more of, in a lot of ways, my experience. Okay. So you, that. you can't relate to any of that. Not in that same way. No. Okay. No, I mean, my I like I have very very fond memories of my grandparents and doing things with them and you know going up north or going to Dearborn Heights to see my other grandma and like the things that we did and the t- like certain things about them but not that like overwhelming connection where there's still this like living connection and experience yeah okay you know people talk about this idea of transgenerational trauma and that's sort of like the western sort of near like thing around that and then i feel like there's the eastern or maybe even some sort of like a lot of the uh more tribal traditions We'll talk about um, the 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 wounds of the ancestors, and I feel like they're both saying the same thing. So I guess that like I kind of live in that space a little bit of like thinking about, and this just might be my romanticized, nostalgic, sentimental piece of me that just holds on to their struggles and but then also as I think about my struggles that I've had like I feel like it just can't those arose independently because I'm like oh I have these struggles and then I piece it together of like oh and then this person had these struggles and then this person had these struggles and like how I can sort of transform those yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I think it's more than that and I'd be curious like to ask my sister's and maybe even you with your brothers, like, do you ever have this experience where there's like something else there? Because I do think it's more than just relating to that experience. I don't, yeah, I don't think everybody does. And I think you no, have to be know, tapped into it and open to it. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is I think it's more than just this. It's not just memories and commonalities and mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. else. Like it truly is a living experience. Well, it's like even with my mom's side of the family, like I kind of think like, I feel like I denied that piece of it for a long time, but I've been kind of more drawn to that for a while where it's like, okay, like my sassiness, you know, like, or my like reactivity or, you know, putting my foot in my mouth, like that, those kinds of things, those parts of myself that I don't like, I'm starting to see differently where I'm like, oh, my mom's, my mom and her mom, like, my my mom's mom, I guess I want to speak more to that. I don't really know her that well, but I find her to be an incredibly savvy, intelligent, creative person that had a lot, of, a lot to contribute to the world that grew up in a world where women weren't allowed to have that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she, she was, she was, I mean, she was seductive. She was all these things that maybe she wasn't permitted to be. And given the right generation, she could have allowed herself to flourish in a way where she wasn't allowed to, you know? And I think that there's sometimes a lot of connotation around her of like, 
oh, she was, you know, again, sassy. (laughs) People don't like sassy girls. And she was. And that's what I love about her the most. She was high. She was so intelligent. She was so intelligent. And, you know, she, I don't know that she was ever allowed to do much with that in the world that she was in. And she was highly creative. She was an artist. She was just amazing. And I remember even like the last year or so of her life, you know, and again, I mean, it's not like I grew up in a family where everybody's talking about their feelings. So it was hard for me, but I remember going to her house one day and she, I might've been a year before she had died. And like, she was, you know, she was at the end of her life, clearly, like, but I just remember getting brave. And I just like started asking her a bunch of questions. I was like, so I mean, it's funny, because I was a medical social worker for a living. And I could ask patients, these questions and family members, these questions, strangers, these deep questions about life. But I struggled with it with my own family. But I was like, no, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna ask her, I'm gonna see what happens. And I just remember like, asking her a few questions like what do you like what do you need what is it that you could say to me right now like what what do you want to share with me about your life you know like and I you know and and I don't know that she was in a place to get really deep about it because she was struggling so much physically and at that point probably deteriorating mentally too but I just remember her telling me a little bit about her relationship with her husband and I remember her telling me a little about her relationship with my mom and just like, I was just really impressed. I was like, wow. Okay. Like she's had something to say, like she has some insight here and I never got to hear it. And I regret like not learning that stuff sooner. And, you know, maybe she didn't have the, whatever, for whatever reason she didn't feel that I needed to know this information or that I'd be interested in this information, but I was very interested in that information so I want to make sure that like going forward that I share this stuff with my next generations too you know yeah, and I, I do think a lot of that probably is a generational thing but you do wonder if you would have asked those questions beforehand would she have been open to that or would it have been probably more like not. I'm not this isn't how I'm supposed to talk or share this right. like that's just the, probably the, not where we're at so exactly. this is a little bit taboo to talk about this and exactly and yeah. I don't want to give the impression that she shared like deep secrets or anything profound it was just interesting to get inside her mind and like again it just it's just become increasingly clear to me that she was a badass motherfucker and like (laughs) she was brave and smart and bold and like I worry that like she thought that those were some of her faults Mm -hmm. and they weren't those were her greatest strengths and they were muted and like even with my dad's mom like she struggled obviously emotionally and somebody told her, this is what's wrong with you. Yeah. This is not what's right with you. Yeah, I was, yeah. And it's like, I feel those two women living and burning inside of me. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not your story. That might sound cheesy, but that's seriously how I feel. Well, and I think the fascinating thing about that is we've come so far. And yet there still is that narrative. The bar is moved. But it still doesn't 
go to the place of that's what's right with you, there's still, it's always from a place of that's what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to get that flipped to these are all the things that are right with you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. even if some of those things might, you know, again, you're crazy or whatever else, you need to be hospitalized. Like, there are some of those things too that are benefits to you care deeply, you're worried, of course you are, and this is a situation you're in. Like just flipping that narrative the other way around where Mm -hmm. these are the Mm -hmm. things that are actually right with you. Yeah. How you deal with that and how you handle it is something we need to work on, but that's actually what's right with you. Yeah. What I've come to, what I, my current situation on my family is that I've come to realize is that like, I'm pretty proud of where I come from. Like, I feel like, I, I feel like my family's pretty fucking cool. Like, I'm like, wow, like, I come from a line of interesting people. Like, there's no, there's no, (laughs) what's the, what's, what have I said about that before? Like, there's no duds in my family. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with duds, but there's no duds in my family. Like, there is so much, there's so much, and I love it. I think it's great. And I guess, you know, another episode would be interesting talking about our respective ancestries and like where we come from and, you know, the trades that brought our people here, the stories that we do know, you know? Yeah. You're much more well-versed on that than I am. Of course, because I'm interested and maybe you're not. (laughs) No, you know, it's at the beginning of COVID, we are both on Ancestry.com and we've done some background research and early on in COVID spent some time. Mm-hmm. We'd sit there at night in bed and like I do my family and look at the tree and try to trace it back mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And You seem to be the only one that's interested much in your family though. So you don't have much to share. Like me and my brothers are, my brothers and I are all interested. We share stories. It doesn't seem like you're, it seems like you're kind of alone in that pursuit. Yeah. And I think that's the part that like, and my dad has a whole tree from somebody in his family that like printed the stuff out and like yeah. it goes way yeah. way back too and you're not they've able to w- talk to them about w- it right it's it's a little bit yeah it's like trying to decipher that and put it together mm-hmm. and everything else but there's nobody else that's really like i'm in this too and i'm curious about it i just found out the other day that looking at your you know lineage or genealogy whatever it's called but mm-hmm. You know, where they have it now where it's like, this is who you're related to based on this parent. This is who you're related to, you know, from this parent. Uh, this is, you know, where each one goes. Mm-hmm. And I told you, I found it fascinating that there was somebody that, you know, fifth to eighth cousin. So very well removed, less than 1% of DNA in common that was related to me and also related to both of my parents. And it's yeah. like that, the, the thought of... And I have to believe that that's not that uncommon yeah. just based on how our DNA works and how we're all related to some, you know, yeah, smaller of subset of, of or groups of people. How far removed was it? It was fifth to eighth cousin. So it okay. was like less than 1% of DNA yeah. in common with oh, this I'm person. Oh, I'm sure that happens all the time. I mean, I know so many people that are like, oh, we're actually third cousins. And yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know so many. I've heard these stories before. Though. Yeah. And also, I, by the way, just so you know, I did get an alert from the Ancestry today that they, that they had reconfigured my matches based on parentage, but I clicked on it and I didn't see any changes. So they must be doing this right now. Yeah. I think it's still in beta. Uh Uh-huh. So I wonder if you just happened to click on there and see it beforehand and now the alerts are starting to go out where it's a little bit 
more precise. They're probably working through some bugs and stuff. And okay. So anyway. Okay. Yeah, it's really interesting. I love Ancestry. I mean, I know there's a lot of controversy about around that, and I get it, and it's just like, whatever. You know, I don't know. The universe ultimately knows the truth about me, so when I die, it will be revealed somewhere. But um, it just seems interesting because, again, I don't come from a <laughs> My dad had zero siblings. My mom has one brother who was never married and doesn't have any children, and he... And he lives actually across the country, um, so I don't know him super well, although I've gotten to know him a little better in my adulthood. We got to travel to him with him to Sweden. But my dad has no siblings, no first cousins on my side. He's got like 40 first cousins, but we were, we never got to know. Like he grew up with his with everybody he knew he was related to. So it's such a different thing. It's so fascinating to get on Ancestry and be like, of course, I have nobody more closer than a third cousin. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm related to this person and this person and this person. To me, it's like so exciting because I don't know people that I'm related to. Yeah, well, and for me, I found somebody that I was I'm cousins with that I had no idea who yes, they were. And yes. it was one of those situations where my mom came from a big family. And, you know, it's just it's, you know, you don't necessarily know everybody and uh-huh. there's, you yeah. know, there's just, it's amazing how that all comes together. And it's like, wow, I'm actually have more in common from a DNA perspective with this person than what I know to be my closest cousins that I used to see all the time growing up and yeah. are very close with. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like I will say I have all these fourth cousins, but somebody might, and I know they're my fourth cousin, but the DN- genetically they're my third cousin. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. It also like really can pinpoint right now like certain re- – like I like my mom's side of the family is 100% Scandinavian. Her dad was Swedish. Her mother was Finnish. And the Finnish ancestry, it is really targeted to the region that they were from. And I think that's really cool. You know, I don't know. I just, I just, I don't know. I just find it also fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'm just a European mutt. Well, I so. am too. I am too. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that the finish is the only one that's really targeted, yeah. and then I mean, it is really clear that it's like I mean, for the most part, it's basically like you're 25 percent Finnish, you're 25 percent Swedish, and then I'm mostly German, but then I have, um, I have Irish, and a whole bunch of other things peppered in there. So yeah, and I'm a lot of Eastern European, Polish, yeah, uh, almost half, and then a lot of Irish, and then some other, you know, I think some German and other European uh, ethnicities built in there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. You'll have to do more research because we've also learned that my my maiden name ramp, um, my dad's family, like there's a book, like somebody at some point compiled a book of the ramp family that came over from Germany there was four brothers and so there's some well-documented things around them they settled in Ohio you and I went down there for a trip this summer so that's really fascinating you guys are shoemakers yeah that's the other word say it say shoemakers it. come from a family of shoemakers yes says that my grandpa. I'm saying it probably totally wrong but it's more no it is that or he'd be like I don't know what he would say. I think my brother could do it better, but he would say shoe peddlers. Shoe, I was just, I was actually going to start out with shoe peddler. We were shoe peddlers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my grandpa was classic man. Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of stories about him. <laughs> Anyways, 
did you want to add anything? This podcast is all, all about me. And I was like, let's just talk. Started about your week, transitioned into this because that's what we do because I suck up all of the oxygen in any room that's that okay. I'm in. It's about time you had your chance to uh, <laughs> die. about I had deep. my chance. <laughs> yeah. It's always all about me. So. But no, it's not. <laughs> Are you serious right now? I try yeah. to make it about you, and you do the best you can to deflect, and then I'm like, oh, okay, sure, I'll take over. No, that was fine. I mean, it would have been nice to um, have a little back and forth, but you were in your groove, and that's oh good. Oh, my gosh. All right. It was good. It was good okay. that you got to share that information. I think that that was something that, deep down, you want to uh, have recorded in this diary. Again, not, not for podcast purposes, strictly yeah. for generational purposes like you know um yes that's the point this is an audio diary and i have a lot to say there's no dispute there but like i guess i want to know more about what you have to say and i understand i'm an active participant in not promoting what you have to say because i'm like oh i have to say all this so i guess i'm just i guess we need to really figure that out I think we're good. I think we just keep doing what we're doing. Okay. Let the conversation evolve. This is really for, you know, again, audio diary. Yeah. All about us. I mean, I guess it us. is what it is. I have a and, lot to say. You don't have much to say. But I guess I want you to, like, consider saying more and I should consider saying uh, less. Yeah, that, that's, yeah that's not the problem. <laughs> you just, you and your head had a conversation like you just got into it you got into that group and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that today was your group i'm happy about that okay all right i love you love you <laughs>